Good morning. I'd like to invite you to uh, open uh, your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. And as we arrive there, I will also be uh, reading one verse out of Romans 8. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, be here with your people. Respond to our cries, respond to our hunger and our thirst and our need and our quiet desperation. Come and rejoice with us, weep with us, walk with us. Almighty God, let us hear you today. Let us know you today. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand with sinners or join with scoffers. But they delight in doing everything that the Lord wants. Day and night, they think about His law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do, they prosper. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. And then one verse from Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And we'll ask God to bless this reading, his holy and inspired word. Amen. Last week, we spent some time thinking together about step 10 of the 12-step recovery process. And we talked last week about the importance of having a practice of scanning our day each day, paying attention, noticing the early warning signs of trouble, noticing the highs and the lows, noticing when I am most alive and least alive, noticing when I'm experiencing and giving the most love, and noticing when I'm experiencing and giving the least love, noticing all of those things, and then uh, in the spirit of step 10, uh, responding quickly, not letting the sun go down uh, while we are still angry, 
not letting a season pass while resentment festers, but responding to that early warning system immediately. Step 10 is the importance of scanning our day, and we spend some time practicing that uh, with a prayer of examine. This week, step 11, and step 11 says this, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. One of the fundamental concepts in the 12 steps of recovery is that the consciousness that created the problem uh, cannot solve the problem. The consciousness that created the addiction, the consciousness that uh, created the mess, will not clean the mess up. In order to find recovery, in order to find transformation, in order to find renewal, we have to have contact with another consciousness. And so step 11 says, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. In our faith walking group this past week, uh, we spent some time in the chapter on developing a spiritual workout. Many of you know exactly what that chapter is. And as we were reading through the material on that, I was reminded again of an analogy that Dallas Willard uses in his book, Spirit of the Disciplines. Dallas writes a story of a young boy who goes to a ballpark. Major League ball player is his hero, and he loves to watch his hero play ball. As they sit in the stands that day, he marvels as he watches the power of the ball player swinging at the ball and knocking it into the far corners of the park. He marvels at the speed with which the bases are run in the agility uh, with which the player slides into base or makes a complex double play. The boy is inspired, and he wants to be like his hero. And so he goes home that afternoon after the game and gathers together his friends, and on an empty lot, they begin to play ball. And the boy tries to hit the ball with the same power, run with the same speed, make plays with the same agility as his hero. And, of course, he fails mercilessly. And so the reality that this boy is coming up against is this. He falls short because he's trying to imitate the performance of his hero on the spot instead of imitating the daily regime of practices and workouts and drills that his hero has engaged in over time that make the on-the-spot performance possible. So then Dallas Willard invites us to make the connection. We look at the life of Jesus in the Bible. 
And we're invited to follow Jesus. And when we're invited to follow Jesus, that means uh, not just study about Jesus or know some things about Jesus, but to imitate Jesus. We're invited to be imitators of Jesus, uh, to become men and women who look like Jesus, whose lives are increasingly indistinguishable from the life of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is somebody who will, over time, have the experience of their life and their words and their demeanor being confused with the life and words and demeanor of Jesus. Imitators of Christ. And so, hearing that call, we decide that we are going to follow the example of Jesus. And we're going to be slow to anger. And we know exactly the situations that trigger our anger. We know exactly where it's difficult. And we resolve to ourselves that we will be slow to anger. Or we will be patient. Or we will be generous. Or when I step into the workplace on Monday morning, I'm going to live on mission the way Jesus lived on mission. And no matter how steely our resolve or how inspired we are by our hero. We get overwhelmed with fear or with shame or resentment and we end up right back at square one again. And so the wisdom of the 12 steps and the wisdom of scripture is that we need to do what Jesus did, not just listen to what Jesus said. And part of what Jesus did is sometimes missed as we read through the New Testament. Sometimes we look right through what Jesus did in the pages of Scripture. And we fail to recognize that Jesus himself had a rigorous practice of prayer and meditation that allowed him to be in conscious contact with his Father. He says uh, over and over again that he doesn't do or say anything that the Father doesn't want him to do or say. He has a practice of prayer, a practice of meditation, a practice of solitude that enables him to live in this conscious contact with the Father, to live a godly life, to live in a way uh, that allows him to Triumph when the pressure is hard and difficult in the same way that a major league ball player's practice regime enables him to make the big play in the big game. We could look at any number of examples of how this works. What is it that Jesus does when the pressure is on? How does his practice of prayer and meditation influence his life. But notice just two. What happens when Jesus, very early in his adult life, uh, comes from the wilderness and is confronted by a person named Satan? And the Satan comes with three temptations, uh, three appeals to Jesus. And each time Jesus responds with a text of scripture, a text of scripture that he has just spent the last 40 days in the wilderness 
plowing into his mind and into his heart and into his soul. And each time the temptation comes, Jesus' response is, it is written. It is written. It is written. And he calls on the resources of his discipline of meditation to respond. What does he do when the hour of his arrest is at hand? What does Jesus do in the garden when he knows that he is about to be handed over to the legal authorities? Uh, that time when every voice inside of him is saying, run, hide, get out of town. And all of his best friends are around him saying, it's a good idea. We shouldn't have come here in the first place. We told you so. He's afraid. He's facing the unknown. He's sweating drops of blood. And what does he do? He prays a prayer of surrender. He prays a prayer of surrender and he says, not my will, but your will be done. He prays only that he would know the will of the Father and have the power to carry it out. <coughs> Jesus doesn't just seek to stay connected to God for himself. <coughs> but he says this is what we should do as well. He uses several images to invite us into that life. One image that he uses is the organic image of a branch connected to a vine. He says your branches and your life will only be possible to the extent that you are vitally, organically connected to the life of the vine. As branch branches, your connection to the vine are a matter of life or death. He uses the example of a deep well of what he calls living water. And he says, you need to be nourished. You need to be refreshed from a source that is beyond yourself and that is deeper than yourself, that is greater than yourself. Only God's spirit can quench your spirit's thirst. And then he also says, this bread is my body. Break it, put it in your mouth, chew on it, swallow it, digest it. Take my life into you. There isn't any more intimate picture that he gives us. And as you take my life into you, you'll be nourished. This contact with Jesus is a matter of life and death. <clears throat> so that brings us to Psalm 1. And in Psalm 1, we see again the same uh, picture set before us. In the poetry of the psalm, we are invited to picture a majestic tree. And this uh, grand tree is planted by a flowing river. <clears throat> it's a tree that is well-nourished and well-watered. It has a root system that is strong and deep and broad. 
to root system that is well connected to the source of life. <coughs> I'm really okay, believe me. <coughs> and when people live with that kind of connection, when they live their lives like that tree, there are two things that happen, says the psalmist. One is that they avoid some things. Uh, they avoid things like bad advice, uh, negative influence, sour attitudes, destructive decisions. They don't wither. And on the other hand, they do some things. They prosper. <clears throat> when the psalmist talks about prospering, he's not talking about a financial arrangement. He's not talking about um, financial prosperity. But it's a fruitfulness promise. A tree is created to produce fruit. A tree is created to produce fruit that allows other trees to be created. And when a tree is deeply connected to its life-giving nourishment, it's able to be fully what it was created to be. That's prospering. And the activity that allows a human being to be like that tree, with a deep and broad root system that is well-nourished, that allows a person to avoid withering, and to experience prospering. The activity, says the psalmist, is this practice of thinking about, day and night, the law of God. That's the, the verb, that's the activity that this human being does in order to be like the tree. And in some passages, the language there is not just thinking about, but meditating. Meditating on God's law day and night. There are lots of useful types of meditation. Some of the styles of meditation are um, done without words. Resting in the promise of Romans 8.26, where God's spirit produces the words that need to be said. Not all meditation is wordy. But this particular meditation that the psalmist has in mind is a ruminating over God's word. It's a chewing. It's a um, turning over and over and over again in one's mind. The words of God's law. And the idea then is to say to self, what is it that God is saying here? What is God's word saying to me? What is the requirement of God's voice in this passage? And how does it connect to my life? Last week we used a um, tool called a prayer of examine to help us to experience a quick scan of our day. And this week we're going to add a second tool called Lexio Divina, a spiritual reading. Lexio Divina really is 
built on this idea of meditating on God's word day and night, taking God's word and chewing on it and savoring it and turning it over and over and over again in my mind until I know what it is that God is saying to me and until I know how it connects to my life. And so we're going to spend some time practicing Lexio Divina today. Uh, not just as an exercise, but as a practice regime that allows the roots of our life to get deep into the soil, to be well nourished, to be well hydrated, to be filled with life, so that when the pressure is on and the demands are high, we can respond out of this wealth of experience in prayer and meditation in God's Word. So we're going to do a practice with Psalm 1, and then a little bit later you'll have an opportunity to practice with some other passages as well. Uh, let's go ahead and just dim the uh, lights in the uh, sanctuary just a little bit. And um, the first step in doing uh, Lexio Divina is to prepare yourself. So I'm going to just invite you to prepare by uh, sitting comfortably in your chair. Uh, close your eyes. Rest your hands on your lap, both feet on the floor. Find a posture that's comfortable. Nothing is pinched or cramped, fatigued. And as you begin to prepare to hear God's Spirit speaking, just begin to notice the distractions uh, around you, the sounds, the temperature, the rustlings, the things that you're thinking about going to do, all of the external distractions and just Give yourself permission to put those on hold for a moment. As you continue to prepare to hear God speak, notice the internal distractions. Uh, doubts, the voices that are telling you your list of responsibilities for the day. Wondering if you're ready for the game tonight. Wondering if you'll have to shovel your driveway when you get home. All of the inner voices. And just let those voices be quiet. As you prepare to hear God's voice, let me invite you to listen again to the first three verses of Psalm 1. And as you listen, maybe there is a particular word or a phrase that stands out at you in a particular way. You don't have to know why. You don't have to understand. But just notice if there's a nudging, a stirring, a resonance with any particular word or phrase. Allow the Spirit who inspired the writing of these words, to inspire your hearing of these words, 
and to begin to pray in you and through you, maybe even in ways that you don't understand just now. Hear God's word. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with scoffers. But they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night, they think about his law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do, they prosper. to read the passage a second time. This is meditating on God's law. This is chewing it, ruminating on it, turning it over and over and over again. Not in a cursory way, not in an academic way, but in a reflective and meditative way, a listening posture. What is the word, what is the phrase that stood out to you, if there is one? This time, as you hear the passage, ask yourself the question, how does this word or phrase touch my life? What is the intersection between my life right now and this word or phrase that God's Spirit is lifting out for me? Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with scoffers. But they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about his law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do, they prosper. How does that word or phrase intersect with your life? And then finally, a third reading of the passage. And this time the question is, how is God inviting me to respond? Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with scoffers. But they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night, they think about his law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do, they prosper. Is there an invitation?
for your response. And then if God has spoken to you through his word and by his spirit today, you conclude a time of meditating on God's word with just a prayer of thanks in a prayer that invites God to enable you to respond in obedience to his invitation. So, Lord, thank you for speaking to your people today. Thank you that your spirit intercedes on our behalf. Thank you that your spirit is a spirit not only of word, but of prayer, of speaking in silence. Spirit who makes it possible for us to have a living and vital contact with you. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. So the steps of Lexio are prepare, listen to the text, what is the word that God might be speaking, and then read the text a second time, how does this word connect with my life, read the text a third time, what response am I being invited to engage in. Ruminating, chewing over and over, roots going deep into God's word, living in the spirit, allowing him to nourish our spirit as well. This morning we are going to uh, celebrate the Lord's table. And as we uh, do that, you're going to have an opportunity to practice that meditative reading of scripture again in just a couple of moments.